Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. All right, so the series that we are starting today has a funny name to it, but it's very profound what we're going to be talking about, and it's called Drop the Baggage, all right? Drop the baggage. And you might be saying, Pastor, what in the world are you talking about? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about baggage that a lot of times people as Christians and as believers, they're carrying around. And you might not even know that you're carrying it around, but it is something that is there and that is present. I've seen many well-wishing believers in Christ, many well-wishing Christians, you know, that they don't advance in their walk with God. Like I just highlighted this young man today that he made a decision for Christ last week. Today he gets baptized. I've seen people that for 15 years they made a decision for Jesus and they haven't advanced, not even one step. And last week, Pastor Max brought a message about your next steps. What are your next steps? What, what do I need to do to advance in my faith? Because I want to let you know something, church. God wants each of us to be taking steps in our faith. He doesn't want us to be stagnant. He doesn't want us to be what we were last week or last month or last year. Each of us, God wants us to be doing what? Advancing and walking in our faith. So the question is, why don't some people advance? Why can't some people, okay, just shake off some of the things and, and walk at the same pace as others do? And I found this scripture in the Bible, found in Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 12, verse 1, that I think it could clarify a little bit about this situation, all right? And it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that great cloud of witnesses are all those people in the Bible that have gone before you and me, all right? People that you and I read about that we maybe admire, like Paul and John the Baptist and David and Moses and all these people. It says, since we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. Okay, give me a second. According to this, there's certain things in our life that what do they do to us? They hinder us. Can you say that with me? They hinder us. There's certain things that get in the way and don't let us walk or run this wraith of faith. And it says, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that's so easily entangled and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So it seems that we're pulling some extra weight around. I don't know if you saw the little graphic, but look at that guy trying to push that big rock up that hill or up a mountain. And a lot of us might feel that that's how our Christian walk is. Like, oh man, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't continue on. And it's because we have extra baggage. We have extra weight. And here at Numa Church, okay, part of our vision is that we want you to be free. We want you to be free from that excess weight. We want you to be free from that baggage. We want you to be free from all those things that might be hindering you. We want you to live the full life that Jesus Christ paid for you on the cross. 
When I look at the sacrifice of Jesus, I'm going to tell you what I say. I say, Lord, I don't want you to have gone through all that for me to live only 15% of everything that you paid for. If you paid for all these wonderful things, you paid for my healing, I want my healing. You paid for my salvation, I want my salvation. You paid for my freedom, I want my freedom. I want the full, you know, the full thing of what you paid for. But for that to happen, okay, we need to acknowledge, it's very important, that there's some baggage in our life. There's some broken areas. There's different things that need repairing. And you might say this morning, Pastor, what baggage? Well, that's the title of today's message. Okay, today's message is titled, What Baggage? Because a lot of us don't even know that we're carrying that baggage around. All right, and I got to share this story with you because it's such a funny story. Uh, but some years ago, my wife and I were traveling to Israel. We've been to Israel a few times. And we were on a connecting, uh, connecting flight, okay, from England to Tel Aviv. And we were on a plane that was packed, okay, with Orthodox Jews. You guys know who the Orthodox Jews are? The ones that dress all in black with the big hats and everything like that. This flight was like no other flight that I've taken to my life. Because those guys were all standing around, they were talking, they weren't even listening to the, to the guy that was talking on the PA, all right? They were like, they were praying before the, I, I knew that plane was not going to fall, I knew that. Those guys were praying, all right? And they had their, 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 you know, their scriptures open and they were reading and they were rocking back and forth. And the pilot is like, we need everybody to sit down for the plane to take off. And they're not sitting down. They're not sitting down, and, uh, and the, the lady had to practically yell at them, all right, for them to sit down. And my wife and I are seated in the back seat of the plane, you know, the one that is next to the bathroom, you know, the one that if they open the door, you can literally smell everything that's, I, I was sitting there, all right? And it was me, it was my wife, and then there was an empty seat next to her. And every time that I get on a plane and I see an empty seat, I'm like, all right, you know, at least, you know, maybe she can lie down a little bit, get some rest. You can lean over. You know that in the plane, you fight for shoulder space and elbow space and all that. But the funny thing is that in this seat, there was this luggage on it. There was this back. And my wife tells, you know, uh, the, the, the stewardess, she goes, ma'am, uh, this bag that is here, it doesn't belong to us. The lady gets on the PA and she goes, in seat such and such, there's a bag. If somebody could go back there and clean that bag, because that bag cannot be unattended, and she says it. And my wife is like, all right, now they're going to come pick it up. I'm going to be able to lie down. It's like a five-hour trip from here to tell her. You know what happened? Nobody showed up. The bag just stayed there. And my wife is getting all paranoid. And she's like, babe, what do you think is inside that bag? I'm like, don't worry. Try to listen. Is it ticking? No, it's not ticking. Then don't worry about it. Uh, you know, it's all good. You know, don't, uh, I'm like, you could actually maybe like fix it up and use it like a pillow. You know, as a guy, I'm very like, you know, not complicated. She's like, I don't know whose bag this is and what's inside. I'm like, listen, this, just, just don't worry about that bag. The plane takes off. My wife is livid because my wife has a sense of righteousness. You know what I'm saying? And she's mad that nobody's coming to get the bag. You know what I'm So the lady is passing out, you know, like water and juice. And she's like, nobody's come for the bag. That's what my wife said. And the lady's like, I'm going to try once more. She gets on the PA system again. There's a bag, like let's say row 30. Da, da, da. 
Nobody comes to get the bag. Okay, these people, they just got up, kept praying, kept doing their thing. When the plane took off, my wife is like, I'm just going to close my eyes and even forget that I'm on this plane because I don't know what's going on here. The plane lands in Tel Aviv, all right? And my wife taps me on the shoulder and she goes, I'm going to stay here till the end. I'm like, yeah, we're staying here to the end because we're the last ones on the plane. She goes, no, no, I'm staying here to the end because I want to see who's going to come and get this back. And I'm just going to tell them a couple of things. I'm like, oh, my Lord. I'm like, if you, you don't want to get in an argument, okay, with an Orthodox Jew. You know what I mean? You could get an argument maybe even with a Cuban or something like that, but not with them. You know, not with them. And my wife is like, I'm going to wait to see. And all of a sudden, the people start getting off, and I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Who's going to come and get this back? Who's going to come get that? You're not going to believe it. The guy that was sitting right in front of us just turns around, reaches over with his hand, and grabs the bag. I thought my wife was going to go like this. <laughs> and grab and grab it, and she's like, I can't believe it. He's been sitting there all the time. He's sitting in there. And I'm like, babe, be quiet. You know, don't worry about it. She's like, I'm following him. I'm going to tell him something. I'm like, babe, forget that guy. Don't worry. We're not here for that. We're here for something else. You're not going to believe it. My wife followed this guy all the way, okay, out of the plane, out of the ramp, all the way to where you're supposed to. And she was like arguing. And so I'm like, you're not telling him anything. You're not telling him. Just be quiet and forget about that bag. You know what the Lord showed me? That a lot of us are like that guy. That there's baggage in our life, but we don't want to claim it. We don't want to deal with it. We just want to forget about it. We just want to leave it aside. We want to let somebody else handle it and deal with it. And we want to act all crazy, like if it doesn't belong to us. But sooner or later, you're going to have to say, this bag belongs to me. This is my baggage. This is my luggage. This is my stuff. Whatever's inside, I got to own up to it. Because they won't let you advance in your walk with God. So it's a funny story. We laugh about it. But there's a truth behind this. We all have to deal with our baggage. And guess what? We all have baggage. You might put it at the seat and try to let the other people deal with it. We all have baggage that we need to deal with. And I want to let you know that here at NUMA, our small groups are designed, okay, are designed to help people deal with their stuff. Because we believe that in the context of relationship, there's true freedom. I believe that when you talk to somebody else and somebody else knows your issue and now they can walk with you and they can pray with you, I believe that you find freedom. Like right now, nobody knows what your issue is because you're just sitting there. But if you're in a small group and you start talking about these things, you can say, hey, you know what? Can you pray for me? I'm dealing with this. I'm going through that. Can you just give me a call later on in the week? There's true freedom in the context of relationships. And we believe that big time here at NUMA. So I want to encourage you to be part of the small groups. We just started two weeks ago, and you can say, Pastor, but I didn't join. You can still be part of it. You can still join. There's 40 groups going on right now. And they're all to help you walk in what? Walk in freedom. To be free. Now, what is the baggage that we're carrying around? I want to jump into this in in the minutes that I have here. Okay? Because we're all carrying around certain baggage. What are those baggages? Well, Number one, write this down. We're carrying the baggage of unfulfilled expectations. The baggage of unfulfilled expectations. 
I expected things to be like this, but they turned out like that. I expected to live here, but I'm not living there. I'm living here. I expected by this time to have this career, but I'm here. I expected by this time to have children, but I don't have. And those unfulfilled expectations, let me tell you, I believe, okay, that they're the root of anger and disappointment. I believe that unfulfilled expectations become the root of anger and disappointment. Because when you expect something to turn out in a certain way and it doesn't, let me tell you something, that brings disappointment into our hearts. That brings frustration. That brings anger. Look what Proverbs 13, 12 says. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred, you were expecting something and it didn't turn out like that. What does the Bible say? It sickens your heart. It sickens your soul. Your soul starts to weigh down. You start to say, man, I I, I thought this was going to turn out like this and it didn't. And all of a sudden, you feel this weight in your heart and in your soul. And, 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 and it's important. I, and I need to mention this in this point. It's important that we understand. Okay? Earth is not heaven. What do I mean by that? There's certain things that we might expect for them to happen here on earth. But this is a broken down planet. With broken down people. And broken down political systems. And just everything is breaking down. And there's certain things that are not going to happen on this side of heaven. I want to tell you that today. There's certain things that God has prepared for us that we're not going to live now. That's why it's so important that I'm in relationship with God. Because when I'm in relationship with God, it helps me cope with certain things that are difficult to deal with. Unfulfilled expectation. That's one of the baggage that we carry around. Another one, okay, is untreated pain. That's number two. Untreated pain. And this one is a big one because we were all trained to hide stuff. You know, you might be going through something difficult, and I come and I show up and I say, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. And if you're a Christian, you're trained doubly, you know what I'm saying, to hide stuff. Because how you doing? Oh, I'm in victory. Oh, I'm great. Oh, the Lord is good. And you even know some verses and everything that you throw in there. Oh, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Now, I didn't ask you about that. I'm asking how you're doing. I know the Lord is good. How are you doing? Very few people will actually come and say, well, you know what? I'm not doing all that well. I'm not doing that good. And a lot of times we got to face up to these things. We got to stop hiding behind the mask. We got to stop hiding behind all is well, all is good. And then you leave and you still play that role and play that game around your friends, around your family. When inside we're dealing with untreated pain. And a lot of times the only one, I've said this since I was a youth pastor and I still say it today. The only thing here on earth that knows you exactly as you are, you know who it is? It's your pillow. Because your pillow at night, a lot of times, receives the tears that fall from your eyes. From the things that you haven't wanted to deal with. And when the lights go out and you're there in bed, and you examine the things in your life, you're like, oh man, this is still here. And we got to deal with with that pain. Look what the scripture says in Jeremiah 6, 
14. Amazing scripture. Amazing scripture. It says, they dress the wounds of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. What amazing verse. And you might say, oh, there's peace, there's peace, but there is no peace. And a lot of times we try to cover up for the pain. And we're like, well, you know, it wasn't really that bad. The abuse, the hurt, it, it, it wasn't really that bad. No, it was. And, and we need to acknowledge, we need to acknowledge that there was pain, that there was hurt, that there was a wound. It's important that, that, that we deal with that. And we just take that baggage and just carry it along with us. The third, the third thing that a lot of times adds to this baggage, unresolved yesterdays. Unresolved yesterdays. What does that mean, Pastor? That we don't deal with issues on time. We just let it sit. And we think that by letting it sit, it's just going to go all away. Uh, you know people like that? Maybe you're like that. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to turn a blind eye to this. And I I'm not going to deal with it. And a lot of times, church, even though you could turn a blind eye to it, and not it, actually, if you don't deal with it, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I want to I, I let you know that, all right? And the problem is not what happened, all right? It's the delay in dealing with what happened. What happened was already a problem. But the delay in dealing with it just makes it a bigger problem. Look at the power behind not dealing with things on time. Look what Ephesians 4, verse 26 and 27 say. This is what happens when we don't deal with things on time. It says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. When the Bible says don't let the sun go down, it doesn't mean, oh my God, if I haven't solved this by 6 o'clock today, I'm in trouble. No, that's not what it's saying. But what it's saying is if you have an issue, deal with it quickly. Don't let it sit because if you let it sit, it's going to fester and it's going to grow and it's going to contaminate you. And when you do that, what it does is that it opens the door to who? To the adversary, to the devil. It opens the door to who? To our greatest enemy, the one that wants to destroy you. The one that Jesus said he came to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what the enemy came to do. And when you don't deal with your yesterdays, oh man, you're just carrying around a huge load. A huge load. And I want to encourage you. If there's something in your heart, if there's something in your life, all right, resolve it quickly. Resolve it quickly. Don't just, like this guy in the plane sitting in front of my wife, act crazy and say, you know, I, I don't have anything. No, you need to solve it. You, you need to deal with it. Number four. Write this down. Unhealthy view of self. Unhealthy view of self. Of, 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 of these things that I'm mentioning to you that, that, that are these baggages that, that we carry around, this has been the one that I've dealt with in my life. 
This is the one that, because when I look into the other ones, listen, it, it, I, I'm quick to forgive. I don't try to carry things around. If I need to talk to somebody, I'll talk to somebody. And, you know, I'm all good. You know, I sleep good at night. But this part here of unhealthy view of self, oh, this is a, this is a, a big baggage in the life of a lot of people. I dealt with this. I hated the way that I looked. I hated my smile. I hated my hair. Some of you guys look at my hair the way that it is now. This is the way that it was throughout high school. I never let it, I let, I let it grow because I didn't like curly hair. I hated it, you know. And when I was in third or fourth grade, kids would put, you know, the, the eraser stuff on my hair. They would put the, they sharpened their pencils and they would open the sharpener and put it on my hair. And I hated it. I was like, man, I, I, why do I have this? And when I was in ninth grade, just started shaving the whole thing off. I was part of the basketball team. Michael Jordan had made it cool to be sort of bald and everything. So I'm like, I'm, not, I'm never letting my hair grow. Until the Lord one day showed up in my life and said, okay, I want to deal with this in your heart. Because you don't accept yourself the way that you are. There's a certain self-hatred that you carry around. And I need to deal with this. And you know, the Lord took me to Psalm 139. You can study that on your own. Psalm 139, the whole psalm, amazing. Talks about the way that he created you. And you know what the Lord asked me to do personally? One day, this is a hard exercise. If you want to go home and do an exercise that is going to set you free, do this. The Lord had me sit in front of a mirror in my room. Look at myself in the eyes. Get Psalm 139 and read it as I would look at myself. And start receiving that for myself. And when I finished doing that, the Lord told me, I want you to do something. And I was like, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? He put this in my heart. He told me, I want you to let your hair grow for two years. I don't want you to cut it. I was like, oh man, Lord, you don't know what you're asking for. <laughs> you don't know what you're asking for. You know that I don't like it. And you know that I have a hard time with it. And the Lord says, I know. I love it because I created you wonderful. Wonderfully made you were created. I accept you the way that you are, so why don't you accept yourself the way that you are? And God just started to mess with me. You know when God starts to mess with you? You know what I'm saying? When God starts to deal with, with all these things. So uh, I know that this is something that, I, that I've had to overcome. For example, in school, I had to study hard to get an A. Okay, in high school, you know, I was like a C student. You know, I thought that C stood for Chris, and since Chris was my name, like, it's good to have a C. You know what I'm saying? No problem. And then some of my friends, they would fool around. They would sneeze and get an A. And I was like, how do these guys get an A? I remember a guy in my class when we were graduating says, look at my report. I haven't gotten a B in all my high school years. And I was like, you know what, brother? I haven't gotten a B in all my high school years either. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like towards the other side. And stop bragging about you getting all A's and everything. <laughs> I've had to work hard for everything. That doesn't come easy. You know, and, 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 and those things sort of like put you down and put you down and put you down. But look what Romans 12.3 says. All right. About dealing with the unhealthy view of self that we have. Listen to what the Bible says. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me. This is the Apostle Paul talking. He says, I give each of you this warning. Do not think you are better 
But I put in parentheses, or worse. Because there's some people that they think they're better, but there's other people that think they're the worse than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. What does the Bible say? Be honest in the way that you evaluate yourself. And if God says something about you, then you know what? That's the truth. And you hold on to that. If he says you have purpose, you have significance, you have value, that goes over whatever somebody said in your life. I want to say it like this. The real view of yourself is not the view that you have. The real view of yourself is the view that God has of your life. That's the real view of who you are. And the fifth baggage that we carry around is unrepented sin. Unrepented sin. And a lot of us ask God for forgiveness, but we never repent. So you know how that is? That's like, you know, when you have a kid and your kid says, oh, Daddy, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then tomorrow he's doing the same thing. And then you're like, okay, I forgive you. And then two days later he's doing the same thing. I'm like, hold on. Didn't you say I'm sorry about this? And what happens is we say we're sorry, but there's no what, church? There's no true repentance. There's no true repentance. There's no change of direction. The Bible, when it talks about repentance, it means about if you're going in this direction, turn 180 degrees and go in the other direction. That's what repentance means. Look what Psalm, what Psalm 32, verse 3 and 4 says. From Psalm 32 Verse 3 and 4. King David wrote this. All right. King David, there was a moment in his life where he was hiding sin. Okay. He hid it for like about a year. And the Bible says, when I refuse to confess my sins, my body wasted away. And I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. And my strength evaporated like water in summer so King David is talking about things that he was hiding in his life, unrepented sin. Maybe it's the baggage of wrong choices. Maybe it's the baggage of bad friends or the baggage of, 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 of things that you've done that you've never repented from. And this becomes excess weight. This becomes a baggage that we carry around. So you might be here this morning or watching online and you say, okay, pastor, then what is the solution? What is the solution? Well, like in the airport, when you check your bags, I don't know about you, but when I travel, I love checking my bags. Especially when you have four kids and a wife and two dogs and a cat and you have a lot of stuff. Man, when they tell you, can I take those from you? I'm like, oh, yes, please, just, <laughs> just have them. And like, we'll give it to you at the end of your destination. I'm like, glory to God. Because that means I can walk around. My hands can be free. I can walk into the store. I can hold my coffee, you know. But if I'm carrying bags around and a coffee and everything, and I'm sort of clumsy, I usually spill stuff on myself and stuff, you know. So you know what we need to do, church? We need to say to the Lord, Lord, please help me check this luggage. Help me deal with this. Help me, help me deal with these things that I'm carrying around. And I'm going to give you a spiritual truth right now that I believe it could change your life. And it's found in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians 10, 
verse 3 and 4. I really believe that the spiritual truth can help you so much today. It says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish. And there's this word that appears here. And that word, you're going to see it behind me. To demolish what? Strongholds. Can you say that with me? Strongholds. You know that that's the biblical word for baggage? The word stronghold is the biblical word for baggage. And how do I know, pastor, if I have a stronghold in my life? Well, did you give your life to Jesus? Maybe 5, 10, 20 years ago, and you're still carrying something around that it just pops up all of a sudden. You're like, man, I thought I was done with this. I, did, I thought this was gone from my life, and all of a sudden, here it is again. Well, let me tell you, that becomes a stronghold in our life. And it's funny, but the Greek word for the word stronghold is actually a weird word. It's called okorma, okorma. And this is what it means. This is what, it, in this context, it goes, a prisoner locked by deception. So the word stronghold is a prisoner that is locked up by deception. In other words, they're living life according to a lie. Okorma, the word stronghold, means that there's a deception in your life. And you're living all your life based on that lie. And it says the scripture, all right, that we have power to bring down those strongholds. God has given us power to, to, to bring that down, to not let it affect our lives anymore. So let me tell you, the baggage that you and I carry around... You might be at home, you're like, oh, I'm glad I stayed home today. I don't, I don't want to be. The baggage that you're carrying around too, all right? Let me tell you guys, it's not based on a reality. It's based on a lie. And that's the heart of my message today. That you will never be free while you're living life by something that is not true. You're never going to be free. You're a prisoner to deception. So if I'm living life according to a lie, according to a deception, what do I have to do? Find out what's the truth. Because the Bible says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth. Okay, I've been living according to this deception. Okay, I need to put that away. Lord, what is your truth? What is your truth? And in this series, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to give you truths, okay, from the Word of God. To try to change those lies and, and those deceptions. Because how do you fix this whole stronghold thing? Well, right there in 2 Corinthians 10.5, the next verse. It says, and we demolish arguments. What arguments? The one that fight here in your head? The ones that tell you you're not good enough? What that person did to you was too hurtful? You can't forgive? Those arguments and every pretension. It pretends, oh, you're never going to be free. You're never going to be able to live this out. That sets up against the knowledge of God. You see, these lies, what do they do? They come against what? Against the knowledge of God. So what do we need to do? We need to give you what God says, his knowledge. And we will take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ.
Amen? So how do we do that? Well, for example, Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then it says you'll be able to test out what God's will is. So what do we need to do? We need to renew our minds. And church, I want to tell you something that's going to free you. All you need to do is believe it. You need to believe it. You need to believe it. So I want to close this morning by giving you, listen, I want to give you three important truths to start out the series and to close out this message. Number one, write this down. That first important truth is God still loves me. God, listen to this word, still loves me. He knows your mess. He knows what you've gone through. He knew you before you even spoke a word, the Bible says. He knows the last word you're going to speak the day you're going to die. And he still chose you. He loved you. God does not expect for you and me to be perfect. And you might be here this morning and you're convinced that God is hard to please. Let me tell you that that is a lie. I want to tell you, all the ones that are parents here, you don't love your kid one ounce less because they've disappointed you. You don't love your kid one ounce less. You love your kid exactly the same when they disappoint you or when they make you glad. You love them the same. I want to tell you something beautiful. God is captivated by you. He thinks of you all the time. In Psalm 139, it says that more than the grains of sand are the thoughts that God has of you. You imagine all the grains of sand in South Beach? You imagine all the grains of sand in South Beach and Naples and you put it combined? And you imagine all the grains of sand that are in the earth and you put it combined? And God's thoughts of you are more than that. It's crazy. The most famous verse in the whole Bible You might be here new. You might be watching for the first time. The most famous verse is John 3.16. I almost quote it every week when I'm inviting people to make a decision for Christ. And what does that verse say? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God still loves you. The second truth, okay, God can free me. God can free me. I don't know how much baggage exactly you're carrying around. But I want to tell you that if we believe a lie and we hold on to that lie, then your life is going to be like that. But today, I want to tell you that you can make a decision and say, Lord, you can free me. And you might be here and you say, but pastor, I've been to prayer. I've been to small groups. I've been to the conference of the men and the women and I've come to this and I've gone to that and, and, and I still am dealing with this. I want to tell you something today, church. Don't give up on being free. Don't give up on being free. Continue fighting for your freedom. You might not see it today, but it might be right around the corner and tomorrow you will have that freedom. Don't give up on being free. God wants you free. Romans 8, verse 1 and 2, beautiful scripture. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. 
And because you belong to him, listen to this, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. This is the reality in the spirit. And we want to make that reality in the spirit a reality in your soul. It already happened in the spirit. In the spirit, you're free already. You have the life-giving spirit, Jesus, living inside of you. He freed you from all of that. Now that needs to become a reality. Where? In here. In here. And I pray that as you guys come to this auditorium week after week, you guys connect online week after week, we like to say that Numa is a breath of fresh air. You could come in here and say, man, I sense freedom. I feel God as I worship. I feel things are coming off of me. That's exactly what's going on. As you listen to these truths, freedom is coming to you. As they start to become a reality in your heart and the deception and the lies starts to fade away. Pastor Max spoke a word this morning when you came up here. Amazing, man. Whatever you're looking at, whatever you're seeing, becomes your greatest reality. What are you looking at? Oh, I'm looking at Jesus on the cross dying for my freedom. And as I look at that, I'm saying, Lord, you went through all that so that I don't have to go through all this. I received my freedom, Lord. And the last truth that I want you to write down, I love this one. God will restore me. God will restore me. The original way God created you to be. Psalm 7120 from the NIV says this. Though, though you have made me see trouble, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. And if you feel that today you're in the depths, that you're down, that verse promises you. You know what God's going to do? He's going to bring you up again. He's going to restore you. And if you're here this morning, I really believe God is restoring you. And he's doing a work in your life and in your heart. Why don't you close your eyes right there where you're at? Bow your heads for a second. If you could do it at home as well. Just take a moment. And I want you there with your eyes closed and head bowed to consider these words that I've spoken today. What are some of the lies that you've believed? What are some of the baggages that you're carrying around? Maybe it's unrepented sin. Maybe you haven't dealt with your past, maybe unfulfilled expectations. I don't know which one of those five that I mentioned today, but today you're like, this is it. Maybe you don't have the right sense of self and worth. But whatever it is today, say, Lord, I thank you because you still love me. Say, thank you, Lord, because I know you're going to free me and you are freeing me. And thank you, Lord, because you're restoring me. And that's why I'm sitting here today, this morning. You're restoring my soul. Take a moment and just talk to God right there where you're at. I just sense a strong presence of the Holy Spirit right here, right now. Oh, I just sense him working in your life and your heart. Just tell him, Lord, here I am. I surrender to you. 
I surrender to you. Here I am, Lord. I surrender my heart, my life to you. surrender your heart to him and tell him Lord here's my life I thank you Lord because you still love me and you still offer me your freedom today Lord and I thank you Lord God because you're restoring me to the image Lord that you had of me when you created me and I ask you Lord for forgiveness for believing the lies and and maybe accepting a wrong image that is not what you say or speak of me Today I receive your truth and I ask you, Lord, that your truth would overpower any lie or any deception that I believe in my life till this day. Do it, Lord. I receive my freedom. And right there with your eyes closed and head bowed, you can't start living at none of this that I've spoken to you today unless you take your first step. And your first step might be to invite Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior into your heart. 
You see, forgiveness of sins starts by acknowledging that you can't be saved on your own strength because none of us are perfect, but that God loved you so much that he sent Jesus. And if you believe in him, if you receive him as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says your sins will be forgiven and you become a son or daughter of God. And from this day forward, eternal life becomes a reality for you. You will start living for more than what you can see with your eyes. And then you have God's spirit living inside of you, giving you the strength to live out all these truths that I'm sharing with you this morning. And if that is you, you're here, you're watching online. You say, Pastor, I'm ready to make that decision. Right there with your eyes closed and head bowed, repeat this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my life and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay for my sins. I ask you for forgiveness. And from this day forward, I ask you that you would take me into your hands and take me into the arms of my heavenly father that I may be a son or daughter of God filled by the Holy Spirit. Do this work in me, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we all say, church, amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for Jesus this morning. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.